0: And welcome to part one of the season two finale of Poor Unfortunate Podcast. I'm Caroline A. Meddy.
1: And I'm Connor Perkins. Thank you, everyone, for bearing with us. We're back. We're finally <laughs> with a making vengeance. season two finale happen for you. And uh, it's a very, very special episode. But before I get into all of that, I just want to say, Thank you to any new listeners for joining with us. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Please hit follow or subscribe wherever you're listening. That way all of our episodes download right to your device. You don't miss anything. And then at the end of the episode, tap five stars and leave a review. We're trying to hit 100 reviews before the end of season two. So we've got a little bit of ground to make up, and I know we can get there. And for all of you returning listeners, thank you so much for being with us. Great having you here week after week, month after month. <laughs> uh, if you haven't hit follow or subscribe, you're going to want to do that. And you're also going to want to leave a five star rating and a review. I just know it. So, before we get into this episode, I want to introduce some very special guests who are here. These two listeners are some of our poor, unfortunate fam. They're some of you all. And they are here because. This time, actually a little bit over this time last year, for our season one finale, we did the of Ruga Brackets. And we had two winners who were listeners like all of you. And the two listeners were Anna Cerno and Aaron Perkins. And as a prize for winning, they get to be here on the episode and participate in the season two finale. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Anna Cerno from Maryland.
2: Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me, Connor and Caroline.
1: And Erin Perkins, my older sister, from Maryland as well. Hey, everybody. It's great to be here.
0: Yeah, and you said it's a prize, but maybe it'll be a punishment. There's only one way to find out. <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> so we've never had guests here for the entirety of the episode, so I guess I'll just say, Caroline, Anne, and Erin, what's new?
0: Well, I'll kick it off by saying... um, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Ms. Marvel have both dropped on Disney+. .Plus I started Obi-Wan Kenobi. Love it so far. And I won't say anything else because I know some folks might not have had a chance to start it yet. But uh, very exciting. We have had dis-
1: differing opinions because yeah.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. there's all oh, kinds
1: of haters out there in the world.
0: Yeah. Star Wars just brings up so much hate. It really does. It's because I'm not one of the deep, like, deep, I can just enjoy it at a surface level. <laughs> and so it's really nice
3: for me. <laughs>
1: Anne and Erin, are either of you watching Obi-Wan Kenobi?
3: Definitely watching Kenobi. Um, Obi-Wan has always been like one of my favorite characters, especially as I've gotten older. So I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for the series to come out. I'm very happy that it's here. And yeah, haters are going to hate, but I just, just enjoy the ride. Just enjoy the ride. Like we're really lucky to be able to continue to get parts of this world um, and it should be a treat. So enjoy it, please. Mm.
2: I love that. I have not watched it, but Nora, my daughter Nora, is the big Star Wars fan in our house, and she's been watching it and loving it so far. There you go.
1: In other Disney Plus news, since we last spoke to you all and recorded an episode, Moon Knight has come to a finale. Mm-hmm. Holy God, it was so good. There's also been some other Disney Plus Day announcements that have been teased that are going to come later in November.
0: Oh, we got the the, the trailer, the extended trailer for Pinocchio. Yeah, um, we did. Yeah. Um, and Cynthia Arrivo as the blue Harry Oh my god. Yeah.
1: Ugh, wow. I, I um I'm interested. I'm glad I I will say I'm glad it's gonna be a Disney Plus release.
0: Oh, absolutely, yeah. Because
1: yeah. I don't know if it's the type of movie that I would I mean, Pinocchio just, like, isn't that movie for me. Like, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Erin, I know, has, like, I sworn would. off watching <laughs> Pinocchio.
3: I have so many feelings about Pinocchio. Um, <laughs> during quarantine, my friend and roommate and I were, like, plowing through the animated releases. And we got to Pinocchio. And we got to right before Pleasure Island. And I was like, so, uh, you want to skip to Fantasia? And she was like, yep, no hesitation. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But some Ugh. other Disney news in in other areas. In the parks, Cosmic Rewind has officially opened to the public. Mm. Everything that I'm hearing continues to be just nothing but praise. Yeah. In Disneyland, California, Fantasmic is back. Yeah. And Mickey fell down. <laughs> Mickey fell. <laughs> Mickey fell down. And... But it was like, I don't it was the perfect moment to fall down though, because like Mickey fell down, got back up, and was like, yes, and pointed the (laughs) fingers, and the sparklers came out of the fingers. I was like, that is how you save that. That is how you do it.
0: Do we need to make shirts that say Mickey fell down?
1: Mickey fell down.
0: (laughs) Mickey fell down. (laughs) Mickey took a tumble.
1: (laughs) Oh God. Um, but also in Animal Kingdom in Walt Disney World. Finding Nemo, the musical, has reopened, but now it's Finding Nemo, the musical, it's like the big blue and beyond.
0: Yeah, something like that. And
1: Mm -hmm. it centers around a new, it's a brand new story, it's not Finding Nemo, it's not Finding Dory, and it centers around uh, the tank gang, and sort of what happens at the end of... Finding Nemo, and it's a brand new story for them. That's which I'm exciting. like, I love that. That's yeah. great. That's gonna be yeah. fun. Yeah. And I love that theater and I love how air conditioned it is mm. in that park. So I really can't wait to see it. I really yeah. can't.
3: Oh, me too. In other news, this is not quite Disney, but Connor's birthday recently passed. Yes, <laughs> so it, it did. It
0: was um,
3: on June 9th, happy yeah. birthday, Connor. Happy birthday, Connor. And
0: if you and if you need to give him a gift. We said this on the Instagram, but if you're just catching up and you need to get him a little something, we love, you know,
1: he loves a rating, review. And review. rating and review. rating and review. It's you know, free. Sue me. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but like thank it. you everyone for the birthday wishes here and all the, the folks who were listening and sent birthday love. It was really, really special. Um, yeah. So thank you all. I appreciate mm, it. Yay. All right. I know that there's a lot more Disney news that has happened since the like month and some change that we have not been there, which again, I apologize. I've been having some personal stuff that has been keeping me away from the podcast. I appreciate all of your patience. So we're going to just move on to the episode. This is our final wildcard episode of season two. And of course, we have another game for you to play. And this Mm. is a new game. It's unlike anything we've ever done on the podcast before. And you might be thinking like, oh my god, I really wanted to play the beluga Savruga brackets again. This is not that. And hopefully it's a little bit better. Mm. So this I'm calling right now the Poor Unfortunate Game. And the best way to think of this is Apples to Apples meets Debate Team. And then it's Doused in Pixie Dust and Disney Magic. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to explain the rules of how this will work. And then we're just going to go ahead and play it. So there are two players and there are two judges. Perfect, because we have four people on the pod today. The judges are going to read off an original scenario that was created by them prior to the episode that is unknown to the players think of like the green apple card the players then must answer with the disney character that they think best fits that scenario and then whoever is a player who goes first for that they'll go first followed by the second player submitting their characters and then once they've both given their answers they will plead their case to the judges And then the judges have to reach a consensus for who is the winner. And then whoever wins that gets a point. And we continue to alternate who goes first for the next 10 rounds. And whoever has the most points by the end of 10 rounds wins. However, there are some rules. Once a character has been played by a player, no one may use that character for the remainder of the game. Also, When debating, we can't talk over each other. (laughs) And for the judges, if a consensus cannot be reached between the judges, both players earn the win. Uh So, one of my scenarios that I sort of give you an example, the scenario could be you're stranded on the planet Hoth and you have to survive out in the cold tundra for two weeks. Who would you want with you as your companion? Player one would say Elsa. Player two would say Hades. Both players would debate their choices. The judges would decide. And then Elsa and Hades cannot be used for any other scenarios for the remainder of the game.
0: Hmm.
1: Now, you all, if you are listening, you have already heard a way that you can play along with the game. So you've already submitted who you think the choices are going to be and who you think the winners are going to be. So make sure that you have your answers that you submitted in your Google form ready to see how you did um all right so we're gonna play this game twice one where aaron and Anne are the judges and one where they are the players so we're gonna start out with Anne and aaron being yes. the judges Ooh. because um Honestly, we've never played this game before, and we feel like the judges is probably a, a little bit easier. Aww. So, um, so yeah.
0: I'm
2: ready All right.
1: to
0: go. Okay. Oh ready. my gosh,
1: Anne has her game face on.
0: I yeah, do? I can <laughs> tell. Anne yeah. is so ready right now. <laughs> All right.
1: So we're going to do a coin toss to determine who is going first as the players, either me or Caroline. So, Aaron, you have in your head either heroes or villains. Correct. Caroline, call it heroes or villains. What's she thinking?
3: Villains. The correct answer was heroes. Well, darn.
1: I get to go first.
3: (laughs) Villains is my default. Yeah, I I
0: know. I tried to reverse reverse psychology and it didn't work. (laughs) No, it didn't. (laughs) Okay.
1: So, go ahead. Hit us with scenario number one.
2: (laughs) Scenario number one. There is another COVID-19 lockdown, and you have to quarantine with one Disney character. Who is your quarantine buddy?
1: Oh. Who is my... Oh! Rapunzel.
0: Oh. Okay. Caroline? Um, The Beast.
1: Okay. And so now we plead our cases. I say Rapunzel because... A, she's already done this shit before. She knows what it's like to be living alone. She knows how to do a lot of different activities. She can paint. She can play chess. She can sew. She can bake. She can just like do all kinds of stuff. So we would never be short on activities. And she'd always pretty much be game for anything. She also probably has some really good tips for like how to stay sane in all of it because I'm sure that like a second COVID-19 lockdown would probably like break me mentally. And I also feel like with her, you probably get Pascal too. So like, it's kind of like a two for one situation here. Even if we're in her tower quarantine, like there's a lot of stuff that we can do. We can try and like, if we wanted to, we could paint a collage on the secret stairs. We can find the secret stairs and go all the way down. There's a lot of stuff to do. Also, I could probably convince her to go outside a little bit, like to that area. And that area is so beautiful. So like we'd be able to commune with nature. We'd have all the stuff and we d- we have Mother Gothel risking life and limb for us to go bring us groceries. So I think <laughs> Rapunzel is by standards established from the film The Go-To Quarantine Buddy. Wow. <laughs> beat that
0: all right i'll try so okay well there's some options here so it's like if we're quarantining where this character lives absolutely i would want to quarantine in the castle oh. there's a th- think about the library we would never run out of things to read number one
1: but would you grow tired of reading
0: never me no never
1: uh okay you would never be like what else can we do
0: well i'm getting there okay okay so we also have the magic mirror. For me, the way that I reacted to the to the pandemic is, like, I was extremely nervous, careful, truly did not want to go anywhere. The magic mirror would be perfect for me. I would, like, look at what's going on outside, and I wouldn't have to go there, and I would remain safe and healthy. Also, um, the Beast is 100% going to fall in love with me and then will turn into Prince Adam. And so, getting to the other things that we would do to fill the time, I'll let you use your imagination,
1: Caroline. Okay. But what if <laughs> what if you have a situation where like you don't want to have dinner with him? Are you going to have to deal with his temper now?
0: Well, that's the thing. Well, is, that's Pencil what I will thought always about. Always want to
1: have dinner with you. Well, first always. of all,
0: I actually I feel like I have a temper as well, so I feel like he would definitely keep me on my toes. <sighs> I would not get bored. Um, also, for me, I think Mother Gothel being there is a huge drawback. I would, I can't stand that woman. I, She's a
1: diva. She's telling a me that I look chubby oh. in
0: things. It would be over. But there what if? But what if
1: you weren't in the Beast Castle? Because we haven't established that you're. Yeah, yeah. So this is what I was going to say. So what what if here's you're, the thing: what if you if have a gigantic beast yeah. in in a New York apartment?
0: I, you know me. What Harlem. am I always? What am I always, Connor? I am always cold. Cuddle buddies. A hundred percent. Also, I think I would just stay entertained because it's like if he's staying in the beast form, mm-hmm. you know, he, you know, we're going to kind of do the same thing that he and Belle did. I'm going to teach him some manners. We're going to try to cook together and I'm going to teach him how to do that. You're going to end so, up like, doing
1: most of that work.
0: That's okay because you know what all of the things that like we all ended up doing the pan- in the pandemic, which is reading, you know, making sourdough starters, that gets old. But when you're sharing it with someone who just doesn't have experience with that, I, I just don't think that I would ever get bored. Candle making, truly. <laughs> <laughs> um. So fine. Even if we're not living in the beast castle, even if we're living where you know in my humble abode, um, the key for me truly is the potential. For true love because who knows if we have another pandemic and things really go south i mean i want him on my side if everything turns into a zombie wasteland and we have to like deal with that reality if another pandemic comes and wipes everything out that's who i want to be stuck with whether he's a human or a beast actually um big strong beast big strong man
1: (laughs) what can i say wait so the you rest your case with big, strong beast, big, strong man?
2: <laughs> I like that slogan.
0: I have to yeah, say. Yeah, big, strong beast, big, strong man.
1: <laughs> okay, so I guess I rest my case. I haven't figured out, like, what the determined amount of time is for debate. Oh, yeah. I think it's, like, the first person pleads their case, the second person pleads their case, and then we can interject, cross-examine sort of thing.
2: I mean, you did pretty much interject throughout Caroline's And I
1: did. I <laughs> did.
2: I, I, did.
1: I, I love did. you so much, Connor, but still. Oh, no, I know I did. We didn't have the rules. <laughs> so <laughs> so whatever, he,
2: can't, he,
0: can't, he can't let me have anything. That's how it goes. <laughs> okay,
1: so after that, we have new rules. The first person <laughs> makes their opening statement. The second person makes their opening statement. And then, and then we, we debate.
3: <laughs> okay, all right, great. Okay. Great. <laughs> um. And do you have a, a something that's jumping out to you right now? A character that you're leaning towards? I mean, I was really sold on um Rapunzel. Like, if we're at my house, I would love to have Rapunzel come stay at my house. We'd have so much fun. I think my answer is Rapunzel. I would not want the beast in my house. <laughs> I would want to be <laughs> I would want to be in his castle, but I would not want him coming to stay in my house and quarantine. More today. for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: okay yeah we're gonna have to give i think we're gonna have to give it to connor
1: i win (laughs) all right (laughs) all right so now caroline will go first okay and i'll go second but neither of us can say the beast or rapunzel
2: that's the hardest part honestly of the whole thing
1: yeah is that Mm -hmm. you can't repeat
0: anything yeah agreed
3: okay so scenario two You've decided to go into the restaurant business and are looking to start your own food chain. You presented the offer to Remy and Tiana first, but they both declined as they are busy with their own restaurants. Who would you hire as lead chef for your menu? Hmm.
0: Okay. Um, so after a quick Google pause, we've discovered that the stove from Beauty and the Beast's name is Chef Boucher. And that's who I'm going to go into business with. Um... It goes without saying that the dishes that we see him turning out look absolutely exquisite. The grace, I mean, we he's just he's just put out some iconic things that we just know. We've never even tasted them and we know the gray stuff. It's, it's all delicious. it's delicious, clearly. Um, it's beautifully presented, um, which is I think also half the battle in this day and age of you know, social media, you need the food to look good, you need it to have that kind of appeal. So I think he's definitely got it down in that category. Um, He also knows how to produce large volumes of food quickly. He definitely runs that kitchen. He is a tough guy. He'll scream at you if he needs to. And honestly, if anyone has ever worked in the restaurant business, you know all the best chefs are are screaming at everybody for most of the evening. Um, So I think everybody would 100% fall in line with him. He's used to, you know, bossing around all sorts of utensils and personality types. Um, So I think he would definitely just run a tight ship. Uh, and honestly, he has experience creating food for royalty. And we all know that, you know, Prince Adam, and if you've read some other, you know, pretend backstories of Beauty and the Beast, maybe his parents were not the best people. So they were probably extremely picky. And so he's also used to people sending the food back, having very specific tastes and things that they like. And I think he can pretty much just go with the flow and churn out something else, um, very quickly. And he cares. That's why he gets so upset. He, But he really cares. And honestly, when you run a restaurant, it takes over your entire life. So if you don't truly love it, uh, you're never going to last. You're going to quit. You're not going to want to do it anymore. And I can never imagine him quitting. It's everything to him. Uh, and so I think I would have a partner for life. I might be a little bit scared of him, but I think that's healthy. <laughs> I think that's healthy. <laughs> All
1: right. And All right. you said that we're creating like a food – Like Like a chain. Like a chain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, I'm looking no further than another royal chef, Chef Louis. Um, Because if there's anything we know, it's that Red Lobster and Bonefish (laughs) Grill have the seafood market (laughs) cornered in terms of sit-down franchise Mm -hmm. dining in the seafood cuisine category. Who do we know better who can create absolutely delectable seafood dishes than Chef Louis, for royalty nonetheless. Sure, he also has that sort of like zany, you know, but that's part of what is really attractive about him as a character. But another advantage that he has is the fact that he's human. We can put his face wherever. He can go out and do press junkets. He can really be the face of this franchise as we sweep the globe, to be completely honest. And it also helps that he has a really, really attractive uh, testimonial from two of the most popular uh, royals. We've got Prince Eric and we've got Ariel. You know, she was able to even find something as a vegetarian to eat in his... So, like, again, we're catering to people who eat meat, who eat pescatarian, but also the vegetarians and the vegans of the world. A mer person was welcome at his table, and that's the kind of franchise that I want to build somewhere where everyone is welcome, but also where we have a very niche clientele or a very niche offering, because somebody needs to compete with Red Lobster, and it's going to be me and Chef Louis <laughs> for America.
0: Oh, is it called? What is it called? Is it called Chef Louis? Is, is that all it's called?
1: It's called <laughs> La Mer.
0: La mer, <laughs> Très bon.
1: Because it's like it sounds really nice, but it's like also like the b- most basic ass French. Like I don't yeah, speak yeah. French, and I know mm-hmm. what la mer is. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow, though. But you know, speaking of having someone be the face of the restaurant, how I mean, talk about wow factor. A living stove is making your food. I mean, think about like the Instagram campaigns. The photo ops like you know for the vip diners to come and meet i mean like it's, but if it's there's
1: anything you know right now from the scandal that's happening right now in google with artificial intelligence <gasps> it could but be that real it could he be is that, not artificial but people could be people could be convinced they they don't believe in magic they wow don't well we're that.
0: gonna we're gonna make people we're gonna make people believe in magic that's good that's gonna be the tagline of course we'll make you believe in magic um, but he, here's the thing about chef Louis is like, he could not keep a whole, if you are going to serve seafood, he doesn't have a great track record of like keeping it within his grass. But like, here's it's the thing very about chef Boucher,
1: you didn't know his name. You knew right, chef Louis because Louis's his name. food, because you, his had food speaks, his you had to look his dishes speak chef for Boucher's themselves. Name.
0: But I knew the gray stuff and what matters, not the chef, the food, the food. That's why people keep coming back for the food.
1: My poisson, baby. <laughs> I rest my case.
3: I rest my case. <laughs> I, I mean, we both have, like, it'd be great if they could just, like, go into business together. No. They would hate I, each other. They would hate <laughs> each other. They would kill
1: each other. He would be the first person to kill a stove.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder if there's a backstory where they're just, they're actually related. Maybe
3: they're <gasps> brothers.
1: <sighs> oh, Twisted yeah. tales. Get on it's this. like the same,
3: like, era as well. Mm-hmm. I'm leaning... Cliche, only Why? because he's a little bit less unhinged than Louis, I don't know how long we could last with Louis <laughs> before he takes
1: a hatchet. But here I will, I will. I, but Louis, Louis was only driven insane by a uh, by the crab.
0: But you're trying to serve was, shellfish. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, but it was it was a crab that was trying to elude him. It was a crab that had a, a, an above average intelligence that would be frustrating to anyone would it not i would be frustrated with if i was dealing with a crab of above average intelligence who honked my nose i'd be driven a little bit mad all
3: right oh.
2: and do you have a, a lean yeah i'm a hundred percent chef boucher on this one
3: what the i mean hell? if you compare oh. what yeah. the dishes
2: look like that they prepared i mean you've got like a yeah. giant lettuce leaf and a crab shell from Chef and Louis. he's alive
0: in there. <laughs> gets a a alive. In there. <laughs> it's, it's unsanitary. It's unsanitary and dangerous. You could get a finger with him wielding that knife like Our that. Our
1: franchise has exactly. the ability to go further because we're in a market that's really cornered by really only like one person. And everybody's going to get salmonella from Who's the uncooked the market <laughs> going to be for yet another French cuisine or yet another you know, all American bistro restaurant sort of situation. In terms of the viability of the franchise, Time. Chef Lou, I'm trying. The answer Chef Boucher.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and Chef Boucher.
0: <laughs> and <laughs> Female la Boucher.
1: One to one. I'm winning.
0: <laughs> now you see.
2: Now you think. <laughs> okay. You're tasked with reconstruction after yet another messy Avengers battle in New York City. Which character do you hire as your head of your response team?
1: I got it. Okay. I am I am getting the help of Louisa from Encanto. Mm-hmm. Avengers battles leave gigantic structures just Devastated. And we need someone who is going to be able to, with Avengers strength, help us put things back together. And having someone who has the heart that Louisa has, she will understand the impact that these battles have on their communities, the ecosystems, the the people even who have been uprooted by this sort of devastation. And so with that kind of heart and that kind of intelligence, that is how she will lead her operation to bring things and back together and put things right. Uh, Not to mention the fact that she literally has the strength to do it all herself without having to, you know, acquire additional costs of, you know, um, cranes and bulldozers and things like that. The only really expense that we would need is just being able to have, you know, the appropriate emotional counseling on staff for both Louisa, the people who are helping with the cleanup, and the people who have been impacted. So I think she would lead a cleanup crew really the right way. Um and be able to do a lot of work in a healthy way after the events of Encanto.
3: Connor, when are you running for office? Tomorrow. <laughs> <Come on, laughs> <early. laughs> uh.
0: All right. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna work with Ray from Star Wars on this. So as we know. Ray can use the Force. And I think, I mean, sure, we want to talk about lifting physical objects. Girl can do it. Um, and she's got a lot of fantastic Jedi contacts who can also lift rocks, as they say. Um, but it's not only about that. I think her being in touch with the Force, and she has come from a universe in which things were bad and needed to be rebuilt, um, her own life, pretty much. I think that also having been in touch with the dark side and having fought it off and balanced it out, I think having that insight into those who would destroy may be helpful in getting things rebuilt and rebuilding them in a smarter way. Also, Ray is just extremely empathetic. And when I think of Someone that I want to be working with when people are distraught, when things have gone really wrong, and it seems like everything is just rubble and mess. Ray is one of those unflinching leaders that I think people could really believe in, especially in this day and age. I could see her, like, you know, if we're talking like New York City, I could see people really believing in a strong woman like Ray. Um, so I think the combination of her empathetic humanity, but also the use of the force. And the knowledge of the dark side will help. She's also extremely tactical. She also knows how to survive, you know, picking up trash. So while we're rebuilding things, like she knows how to be resourceful and get through things until we get everything rebuilt after it has been destroyed. Um, I think having someone who's that resourceful and can do a lot with nothing uh will be very, very helpful for us, and then also just, yeah, who knows what else she'll be able to do with the force to not only rebuild but to help people and help them you know access the parts of themselves that will help them see the light when they're you know everything has been destroyed, so yeah,'ll well, see Ray.
1: see here's my thing with with the difference between Ray and Louisa. Louisa actually has boots on the ground experience, you know. Renavigating rivers, uh, you know, rebuilding towns, making actual structural changes to the type of buildings that are going to be impacted from these types of Avengers uh, battles. That's not something that Ray actually has physical, you know, experience doing. She hasn't rebuilt communities. She hasn't, you know, rebuilt structures. Uh, I also, I don't know. I I get that Louisa can be in sort of a fragile place herself, but. At least her fragile place has not been doesn't have a history of being destructive, in the way that Ray's had. In some ways, you know, if things were to get too tough, she's a little bit unpredictable. I mean, she literally blew up an entire uh, like space vessel with her frustration when she shot lightning out of her hand, thinking that she killed one of her good friends. So what are
3: we talking right at the end of? her trilogy or in the middle
0: i guess at the end if
3: it's so if it's luisa post conto, it's ray post
0: the trilogy i would say
1: but yeah even still at the end like being a being a jedi she's not a jedi master by the time that she finishes and it's clearly a journey for her and she does not have a mentor you know i i don't want to go here but if i'm going to go here she doesn't even fess up to her own real name she she claims a new identity because that's not a place of and i, I don't know if i really well why would someone. that
0: but why would that affect her rebuilding efforts
1: see <laughs> I, I there's a trustworthiness that's in there uh but there is a, a mental going.
0: but there's a mental strength we see this this woman literally sweating it out literally forcing the dark side out of her actual body and louisa and i completely understand why louisa is under so much stress trust me i have I feel it, but I think again, yeah, she's in such a, a fragile place. Even at the end of Encanto, I think that's going to be something that she's continuing to deal with. She has not fully healed from that. Her her talking to Mirabelle about it is the first time that she ever expressed that to anyone. She has a lot of work and to look do. Look
1: at how well she had been doing thus far. But she I think been she's doing on on the I don't know she, if she had was been doing
0: that well. She I think been, she's someone who is used to working in the background and she does that extremely well and that's why she feels so much pressure because she's in the background with her family making sure everything is always Rey okay is i don't think she's she ready to take have, on a leadership role ray
1: does not have ray i don't know if if she has the ability to take on a leadership role in a community she has remained isolated through the entire trilogy not by the not by the
0: end of the trilogy no way think about oh my god think about i mean i don't want to this i don't know no no, no i don't know how to Jedi talk about one of these scenes without with spoiling it
1: like she she has not really built a community outside of like a couple people, people are willing to
0: risk life and limb for her
1: because she's a jedi because she's the symbol of hope not because she actually has leadership experience or the ability to like actually boots on the ground do reconstruction efforts, Luisa was that person for that entire community in the Encanto. She was the boots on the ground person taking care of that community, fixing problems. She was the go to person for abuela. I want a go to person I don't want to risk
3: all right, I think we're ready to to make a final call. I thought I knew. I'm a little on the fence. And do you have like a lean? I'm a little on the fence myself. Um,
2: It was the mental stability of the two candidates that was making me a little bit concerned. But when it comes (laughs) down to it, um, this one person is not solely responsible for the reconstruction. They're responsible for heading the team. So it's experience versus what you think is ability. I don't know. They both made really good arguments, I have to say. Thank you. (laughs) You're so welcome. The arguments
3: were were exceptional. I'm leaning towards Ray. And I think it's mostly because I do feel like she could rally a lot of people where I feel like Louisa would put everything on herself. And Mm -hmm. that isn't what like she can't do it all by herself like you can't rebuild New York City by yourself um <laughs> and she would try <laughs> she would, would try. try I don't know I she learned
2: by the end that she can't do it all herself and that she needs to rely on not only herself but her family and her community
3: all right I'm gonna say Ray are you saying Louisa I think I'm leaning towards Louisa
1: All right. All right. Good game. Good game. Good game.
0: (laughs) I think they would make a great team. I think they should both do it. That's so true. Really surprised that no one said, Fix it, Felix. It crossed my mind. I can't explain to you why I didn't go with it. Ding. (laughs) 50
3: (laughs) Fixed. Okay. Scenario four. So, in this scenario, we are headed to the Disney parks. You are in the Disney Parks for the day and you get to experience one rider attraction with a character from the movie it is based on. What do you ride and who is your buddy?
0: All right, I, I this is so personal. Who knows if this will win, but I just have to do it anyway. Um I want to ride Toy Story Midway Mania with Woody because one of my life's like, you know, as a kid I was fully like I would check, like I had my stuffed animal bin and I would every night, like I would keep my eyes open if I woke up and like, I was like, huh. they definitely just stopped moving because I woke up. Like, I wonder what they've been doing. Aww. So <laughs> to actually get to like sit with and I'm imagining him being like the small, like doll size Woody, and, like, and getting to like, the, the ride is swinging around and he's just like, yay. Like I would weep. <laughs> like it would be so much fun. Um, and he would be fun to play with. I mean, obviously, but um, I also just like that ride specifically. Just like with me and my family, we have the most like we have so many great memories as a family on that ride. And so I think Woody would really help me be in the moment on that ride and like bring me back to being a kid and really just playing games and having fun and not worrying about anything else. Um, and he, I think, Woody just like brings people back into the moment. And I think there would be no better way to, like, let loose and just, like, be a kid and play games and, like, scream as your vehicle is spinning around than with Woody. And I would definitely, like, put his – like, he's so small. He wouldn't fit with the bar, so he would just have to sit on my lap the whole time. And, like, and I would just, like – and I'm sure that he would say something, like, wonderful and lovely to me as I got off the ride. Like, even if I didn't win, which I don't usually, I think he would have something really wise to say to me at the end about, like, you know – it's always more important that you try, partner, something like that. And I need that; I need it bad. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride that with Woody. Ooh, tucking those heartstrings. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm having a hard time here because I'm between two, but I think I've made my decision. Mm. Originally, I was gonna say riding Winnie the Pooh with Winnie the Pooh because mm, the mm. heartstrings, but yeah. I I think that of all the Disney rides, there's probably none that's more iconic because it's the only ride that's in all parks across the world. And it's Dumbo. To be able to ride Dumbo through the air, like, I just don't think that 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 could be beat. There's nothing more iconic. And it's a very unique situation where the ride vehicle itself is Dumbo. So I could see it really happening one of two ways. Either he would be able to ride that ride with me sitting in there, riding, you know, himself and feeling again that sort of elation, that spiritual journey that <laughs> he has gone himself. through. <laughs> <I'm> so <sorry. laughs> Stop. No. <laughs> but riding a no. ride vehicle that's in the shape of himself is so where he's going through you that. You ruined
2: it. Where Dumbo he's going will ride through,
1: himself. Well, he's going through that spiritual journey. But the way that I really imagine it would probably be you get to ride up aboard Dumbo himself through the sky. And I, I don't know. There's it's hard. It's hard to beat that to be able to, you know, have those messages of believing in yourself and, you know, just trying and you can do anything that is so encompassed by Dumbo himself. So for, for someone who I think is so overlooked in terms of a Disney movie and a Disney character to see him experience himself as an icon of a Disney park, I feel like that would be something pretty, pretty magical to watch happen Um, For someone who I think is just so humble of a character himself.
0: So will you fly like over the ride, but you're on Dumbo?
1: It would sort of be, like, in place of where one of the pegs are that holds up one of the I was going to say, vehicles. all I'm getting
0: is a, visu- a visual yeah. of Dumbo just, like, stabbed with one of those <laughs> arms that just makes <laughs> things move up and down. And That's it's because you are about. trying
1: to find a way to rebut <laughs> no. this, but you know in your heart of hearts <laughs> you, you can't, cannot but, because it's Dumbo. No, and he's No, no, favorite. and I
0: love Dumbo, but I'm like, how can you actually ride Dumbo with Dumbo? It's hard to, you're not really riding it with him. You're looking at it with him, which would be very sweet. But are you riding it with Dumbo? You can
1: ride it with him. You can. He can huddle in. He's a little baby. The ride would break. It would be fine. So just because he's an elephant, he doesn't deserve to see the legacy that he's left on Disney he, Parks? No,
0: he absolutely does. But he can't ride <laughs> well, that's it. That's what you're saying. He just, just saying. simply can't ride it. He can't. He'll break it. And then there'll be no legacy left.
1: <laughs> no, he's a baby elephant. He's not <laughs> but a giant so, elephant. Do you know how much they weigh? They're yes, so heavy. We would reinforce it for the occasion. It's the magic. It's the Disney magic that we're we're relying on here. We're suspending
3: he would be, disbelief.
1: He would be able to, like, he would be able to hop in this ride vehicle if that's how he want to imagine things, or he would be able to be Dumbo and you fly atop him through the ride. So I mean,
0: well, we're just bending we're reality. Then dis- can I make make Woody human size by these rules? Like, what you can if- make
1: Woody human size? I didn't give you that. I didn't give you that rule. <laughs> that was not from me. You okay. put that on yourself. I'm making
0: Woody human sized, and we're gonna play together, and he's gonna help me win the game.
1: <laughs> I will say though, Woody human size would be a little bit creepy, but that's on you. <laughs> that's on you. So oh I'm God. I'm I know that I I don't really have a whole lot of rebuttal against Woody. Playing with Woody would be a lot of fun, but I just do not think. Toy Story Midway Mania is the same type of experience as the Dumbo ride is in terms of legacy, in terms of Disney parks, in terms of just overall meaning in general. I think you can't get more classic than the Dumbo ride and the experience of being able to ride something so classic with that character and with that character being as sweet and kind and generous as Dumbo. I feel like Dumbo versus Woody. I'd like to. I'd like to experience Dumbo with Dumbo.
0: I just feel and like everyone had the dream well. of Woody coming to life for them specifically and having your moment with him. I feel like that's pretty universal and pretty unbeatable. Like who who didn't watch Toy Story and want that moment for themselves? <laughs> um,
3: and <laughs> i rest <laughs> my
1: case. Dumbo, classic.
3: All right, Aaron. What do you think? I was really torn on this one. Like much more than uh scenario three with Louisa and Ray because I think there's a lot of heart in both of these answers. Um I almost I like I don't want to just like I don't want to just do a tie again because I, I was kind of drawn to Woody but the Dumbo experience like I just
1: the Dumbo experience. You said it right there. Now, I
2: know that the Dumbo ride has a special place in the Perkins family story. Um, So I know that you're both swayed very much by that. And I was 100% on the Woody train. Where you hooked me a little more towards Dumbo is when you were talking about how he needs to be lifted up and he has the problems with his self-confidence and he's been so beaten down.
1: Mm. And to
2: see how iconic his story has become as part of the the whole Disney
0: universe, that's I I think I got to say Dumbo. I'm sorry,
2: Caroline.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No, it's okay. I love Dumbo. I could never be mad. I
1: know that's part of the reason why I chose Dumbo because I, I was like, she can't, she can't come hard against Dumbo. She just yeah, can't, can't and live with I herself. Can't. So did I win?
3: I, Aaron hasn't voted yet. Aaron I yeah, because I'm split. Um, just because like I'm I like I know the Dumbo ride is special for our family, but also like I can see objectively like. It's little elephants going around in a circle. Um, But it's in the commercials. It's in the commercials. I get it, but also like Midway Mania with Woody, like
1: now you're just trying to imagine him. Imagine your ride
0: vehicle pulls up and he's like, "Come on, partner, get in." Right?
1: Can you imagine? But if he's life size, I would be like, "No, he's He's not.
3: He's (laughs) He's gotta be a toy. (laughs) He's a toy." If he
1: was if he was life size, I'd be like, "Run!"
3: Oh my god. Um. I kinda I kinda do want to give it to both. Like Aaron. What?
1: You're not gonna be invited back.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, you're doing a great job, Fine. Aaron. It's okay. <laughs> Fine.
0: Woody. Fine. It's another tie. I choose Woody.
1: Okay. It's another tie. <laughs> Oh my god. All right, another tie. Okay.
2: You need to retrieve a very important treasure from the Cave of Wonders, and Aladdin isn't available. Who do you send?
0: Connor, you go first or I go first?
1: You I go, go first. Mm. Um, I would send Carpet in to get the thing from the, the treasure from the Cave of Wonders. Because for a couple of reasons. Number one, Carpet knows how the Cave of Wonders is laid out. He's been there before, knows what's going on. Number two, if there were threats, if there were dangers or things like that, he could easily blend in with the scenario. Hell, Aladdin didn't even notice Carpet until Carpet was sort of like, getting on, like following them and all that good stuff. He would be able to get past the tiger head because he's been there before, knows what's going on, and he's not a human. So people including t- magic tiger heads, aren't thinking too much like, oh, is this person, is this thing going to, you know, steal something from it? And then would be able to just rocket the hell out of there because it can't fly. So carpet.
0: Mm. Very nice. I'm going to send in Mary Poppins. So she's going to fly in as well. Um, So we're going to skip some of the pitfalls of having to get out afterwards. But more than that, Mary Poppins is extremely intelligent and analytical, and she's a huge rule follower. So I feel like she's going to have a sense of the things she's going to have complete self control over the things that you can and cannot touch in there also i just don't feel like she's going to have nothing that else that could be in the cave of wonders is going to sway her she's not greedy she's not going to try to grab for anything else that's just not going to interest her so she when there's a job that must be done first of all she's going to make it fun but also <laughs> <laughs> um i i she's all about give me the task and i will complete the task in an efficient way um she's got a magic touch so who knows like you know the magic of the cave of wonders whatever magic mary possesses you know game recognizes game i feel like the cave of wonders would almost be like you know what you can take that i feel like she'd be so she would she would land outside of the cave of wonders and like really give that tiger head a talking to (laughs) and it would be like actually i'm so sorry you're right you could just go in there and go get that. Or maybe she would convince it by, you know, bringing an element of fun. Maybe she would convince the Cave of Wonders to just, like, let her pass. And she'd be like, listen, I just need to get this and I'm not going to bother you any further. And and she'll she'll sing a song. She'll make it entertaining. She'll do what she needs to do and she'll get out of there. And like I said, the flying element will make the escape easy enough, just like the carpet. I think that the flying element is important if someone's going to go in there. So, um, yeah I feel like Mary Poppins is absolutely no nonsense, and uh I think that's what you need in the Cave of Wonders. You can't have anyone who's gonna get pulled by temptation by flashy things she's she knows what she needs to do and she gets it done. so I vote for Mary.
1: I will concede that Mary has a lot of really valuable qualities, a lot of qualities that you can also find in in carpet. She carries a carpet bag. I mean, maybe that was, you know, maybe there's a reason she (laughs) carries a carpet bag because she trusts Mm. carpets. Yeah. But I will say one of the key things that you need in the cave, any Cave of Wonders mission, is reconnaissance. And you need to know from the source, someone who's been in there, how is this laid out? Where is this going to be? Because the Cave of Wonders, that Bengal tiger, he tricky. He tricky. He might be like, "Okay, I'll let you go in there, but you have to find it and in one hour." Blah 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 blah. And Mary's great, but an hour in the Cave of Wonders, where truly no one has really, you know, ever really made it out there alive. You know, that's I feel tricky. like if
0: the I feel like if the Cave of Wonders told Mary she had one hour, she'd be like, "What did you just say to me?"
1: <laughs> sure, and then the Bengal tiger would be like. Nom nom.
0: I also think (laughs) the power of speech might be actually important in this situation. Like being able to speak back to the Cave of Wonders, negotiate, outwit it in some way. I think that might be pretty key.
1: The simplest solution is send in a carpet. Who suspects a carpet? Nobody. And -hmm. a carpet's going to get the job done because that carpet is what? Efficient. Good sidekick. But nobody's more as efficient as Mary
0: Poppins, though. Nobody is as efficient as Mary. You can't really be Ma- there. I'm not. I'm.
1: I'm not saying that Mary ain't efficient. Mm-hmm. I'm saying the carpet is just as efficient.
0: I think the carpet is more likely to get caught up by flashiness, fear, temptation that could go down with the, the cave carpet of has right, lived players. in the
1: cave of wonders I for think ages. I'm ready. Okay. Okay. I'm
3: ready. Go I'm ahead, Erin. For me, it's carpet. And it's purely comes down to speed for me. I honestly don't think Mary drifting on her umbrella is going to make it out of those sands. (laughs) That's hilarious. And I'm
2: pretty set on Mary.
3: I'm sorry.
2: (gasps) I I really, I think that Mary is way bossier Mm -hmm. than anyone. She can talk her way in and out. They're looking for the diamond in the rough and the powers of speech. As Caroline said, I think that it's going to be pretty necessary and uh, I don't I don't think that speed is going to be an issue. She jumped right into that chalk painting with no problem. She she her mm. only mode of transportation is not floating on the umbrella. She has a lot of powers that are yet to be seen.
0: Wow. Wow, baby. Oh my God. How are we going to
1: do this?
2: Time. How are we? We're the worst like... judges
0: ever, Erin. No, I tired. love it. I love it.
1: It's OK. It's four to four now because oh you voted once in favor of me. Once in favor of Caroline, and the two of you have not been able to reach a consensus for the last oh. three. So, it's four <laughs> to four.
3: Scenario six: You're going home for your favorite holiday, and you get to bring a friend. Which character is going with you to your family get together? Oh my god! <laughs>
0: I'm going to bring Princess Anna. I was tempted to say Olaf, but here's why I wouldn't choose Olaf. Um, I think it would just like there's a lot of – there's a lot of room for disaster. I'm not saying that there isn't with Princess Anna. She could be a little klutzy. But I think more – she understands the reason for the season so deeply and she has such an appreciation for people gathering together after all of the years where she didn't have that that like for me like Christmas Eve is like also – it's like the most special day for me. It's also my birthday. It's when my family is over um and i think she just understands the importance of just again when we're together being the most important part of the day um it doesn't matter what you know i feel like we always have some disaster that goes down at my house on christmas eve some food burns something spills like we have a thing and i feel like anna would totally roll with the punches i don't think any of that would really phase her um and i also think that she would be able to contribute in a way i feel like she would bring like, an adorable little, like, Olaf ornament. Be like, here, I brought this to, like, add to your tree because this is our family tradition. Um, I feel like she would have excellent taste in whatever dessert that she brought. And dessert is extremely important to my family on Christmas Eve. Like, what's the dessert that you're going to bring? And she just gets along with everyone. I think everyone in my family would genuinely enjoy being around her. And she would enjoy them equally. So I'm going to bring Princess Anna.
1: All right. I was about to say Princess Anna, and then you claimed her. So I think there's a lot there, but you also gave me a second to think a little bit harder about it. And there is someone who does have a similar understanding for the spirit of the season, what is important, bringing out the best in everyone, not judging if things were to go awry, um, but who brings a little bit less of a liability herself, and that's Belle. knew it. We we see this in Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas. She is adamant about finding a way for the spirit of the season to persevere. And it doesn't have to be in large ways. It can be in small ways. It can be decorating pots and pans to feel like a Christmas tree. And you can imagine it into this big, beautiful Christmas tree that you think it could be. It's not settling For, you know, people to try and push you away when you know that they need to be near. And she does it all without a sense of, like, pretense, without, you know, being pushy or anything like that. And even if there is, like, a disaster or something like that, it's not going to be her doing. And it's not going to be, you know, like, an accident. You know, that she she caused of, like, burning the house down. Where, like, I honestly could see Anna, like, burning the house down. I feel like she she fits very clearly in, like, a National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation scenario. Like, plug Anna in there. I feel like, <laughs> oh, I feel like you've a, got...
0: I think I picked her because that's what my family's Christmas Eve's are always like. <laughs> sure.
1: But, see... Belle and her understanding of Christmas and seeing her, especially in Beauty and the Beast, the Enchanted Christmas, just like fight for it against people who maybe don't see Christmas as something that's like particularly important. She finds a way to sort of speak to everyone along the entire scale from the ones who are passionate about the holidays to the ones who are disenchanted by the holidays, to the ones who just outright hate the holidays. She's able to charm them all and she would be a great asset to bring home.
3: Right, I know. And do you want to say it first? Oh, gosh, I hope that we agree. <laughs> I'm going to go for Bell. Yes, I'm going for Bell okay. as yeah, well. That's right. <laughs> Two good, r- very I, good choices. Though I will say, I was it, it was interesting. You both chose Christmas because it didn't specify a holiday. You could have brought anyone home oh, for oh, any holiday. Like you could have brought Chanabog to Halloween and really oh, been the winner on your blog. Wow. Wow. No. Mm-hmm. Yes. No. It wow.
1: it was it was it was just it had to be Christmas for me. As long That's
3: long as I, I know it was, had to be Christmas for the two of you. I wasn't
2: sure if yeah. it was gonna be Christmas or Halloween for you, honestly. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. That's yeah, so funny.
1: No, uh, we were, but I I honestly think, thank you for the win, but I will say if you had Anna or Belle at Christmas, it it's so great time. It'd be a good It's gonna be day. a fantastic yes. a holiday. holiday. A Absolutely. I feel Absolutely. like Elsa would be a little too stiff. <laughs> <laughs> she'd be able to do some really cool magic and she'd be like a really good party trick. But like, yep. I'd spend my whole time being like, Elsa, I need you to talk to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Hit us with number seven.
2: Okay. You are running for president of the United States. Which character are you choosing for your running mate slash vice president?
1: Hmm president of the united states i'm bringing sam eagle because (laughs) no one can do talking points that will get you the votes from americans like sam eagle he is able to ignite the patriotism that burns for better or for worse inside all americans and he will deliver those key states that you need in order to secure the white house he also would take his duties as vice president extremely seriously and not seek to disrespect the office of the president by trying to overstep his bounds he would see his duty to serve he would see his duty to be a partner to me in all of this and he would see his duty to serve the american people
0: all right well i'm I'm going to have Pocahontas as my running mate. Ooh. So I would very much prefer a Native American woman to be my running mate. Um, Pocahontas has proven that she is able to i mean, the America that we are in now is hella divisive. Um, I think she is able to calm the tensions between people while still standing her ground. She's not weak in any way, but it also has this ability to see different perspectives like we have john smith coming in here with his white supremacist bullshit and she doesn't just straight up shut him down she sings a whole song with him and gets him to to see things from her perspective and saying like you know unless you've stood in someone else's shoes how can you understand and that's so much of what this country needs right now And I think, you know, if we – if me and Pocahontas are running against Connor and Sam Eagle, I think Sam Eagle's um, um, uh, nationalism can be very toxic.
1: Um,
0: (laughs) It reminds me of some things in this – some people in this country right now that I do not love. And I think it can easily tip into toxicity. Like, did Sam Eagle – he didn't vote for Trump, but he didn't totally like hate Trump no, either. No, uh, in a way, I I don't. None think None of
1: the did. muppets <laughs> voted for Trump or entertained. No, no, Trump's he didn't. But, but
0: I don't think he was anti-Trump. No, I do either. not think that. I, he, that's just he me.
1: Is he is impassioned about the story of America. And there is nothing that is more of but a so are threat. a lot of
0: these Trumpers, because they think they know what the story of America is, which is all, like, about white people. And I, it's just wrong.
1: Is Sam Eagle a white man?
3: He's a blue eagle. He is a blue eagle. Sure.
1: Blue. The color of Democrats. <laughs> he <laughs> is trying to assert a Democratic agenda. <laughs> and... I agree. Pocahontas is a wonderful candidate to have. I also think that if we're trying to win seats, if we're trying to, you know, put forward an agenda that can actually get done, I don't know if we are in a place with our nation currently where she would not be so divisive that we would not be getting things done. I think Hillary Clinton I, think, but I, I don't think, think she like would a be Hillary divisive. Clinton stepping stone situation would be a Sam Eagle, someone who speaks to masses but pushing a liberal agenda. He could be that stepping stone that then reaches the hand back and helps Pocahontas leap across the river.
0: Become the president. Sure.
1: <laughs> he would be a he could be a perpetual running mate. He could be Pocahontas' running mate in the next I election. I think
0: Pocahontas actually. Would not be the kind of person or leader who's like, oh, the the folks who disagree with me, cancel them. I don't think so. She really is able to hear people out. And also, we need her. We need her in the face of the climate crisis that we are in the middle of right now. And I don't think that there's going to be anyone as much as her who is going to be here to protect the environment. And we're running out of time, people. Our planet is running out of time. And Pocahontas is going to save us. We need her
1: for sure. But how much of how much change can she actually make happen from the office of the vice presidency? She'd be a better president as opposed to vice president. Best vice president. See, I would almost say that Eagle. about Sam Eagle. Sam Eagle will never try and overstep mm. his bounds. He knows what the deal is. He knows what the deal is. He would not disrespect the role. And the oath of office that he took by trying to pull a house of cards scenario. No, no, no. That is. He not He was very
0: Sam bossy Eagle. in the Muppets Liberty Square sh- um, show. He was extremely bossy and pushy, and it did not. Because go there well were for other people who
1: were not respecting day. what needed to be done.
3: <laughs> I rest my case. Okay, I think that I, I think I know. I think I'm going Sam Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. I, and most <laughs> of my reasoning was because, and Pocahontas is, since I was five, my all time favorite. I know she is. Um, but I, I truly yeah. think,
0: like, you betrayed her. You betrayed her, Erin, no, and she no, will no, never be. But forgive that's you. the
3: thing <laughs> she would. She no, always she
1: would. <laughs> <laughs> she would. How dare you speak for her?
3: Um, no, I just think, like, I think the unity thing, I think Sam Eagle in a weird way is a character who does speak to every American, no matter what party you're affiliated with. If you're not affiliated with any, like he's just that heart of, of what we originally had, I think as our values that would unify us to get to those issues that I think Pocahontas would have stood for, but I don't know that she would be a person to bring everybody together behind those issues. So I'm going Sam. And, we are striking out. This is so rough. I was 100% <laughs> Team
2: Pocahontas.
1: <sighs> are we at an impasse?
0: <laughs> They're never inviting us back ever,
1: Erin. <laughs> <Aaron. laughs> no, oh. All right. So that seems to be another tie.
0: I actually, when we put this together, I did not anticipate in any way, shape, or form that we would have success in choosing winners. <laughs> I knew it. I'm like, this is going to be,
3: it's never going to work.
1: All right. So that's, that's another tie then. All right. Yeah. I mean, you got two great candidates there.
3: Yeah. Connor Fantastic. is in the lead by 1 point, <laughs> by 1 point. All right, scenario 8. We are now in the film Moana. It's the final face-off with Moana and Te and you get the chance to throw her a lifeline and send one extra character in to help. Who do you send? Hmm. I'm going to send in
0: Elsa. So first, (laughs) if worst comes to absolute worst, we've got the ice powers. To cause on fire, I mean we could we could just bring things to a little bit of a standstill for a moment if we needed to. But more than that, I think Elsa has an understanding of feeling isolated, feeling like something has been stolen from you. I think she also understands female empowerment very deeply, um, in a similar way that. Moana does but you know Moana in that moment is really appeal like appealing in a softer way to her humanity and she's saying this isn't you and and Elsa is not really like that she doesn't have that soft edge she would be a little bit more stoic matter of fact and in that moment that could be something that really appeals to Tekah, as she's in this moment of rage, sometimes you don't need that emotional. You need someone to just lay things out to you, and I think Elsa could bring that perspective of like she she has that instinct when she's you know trying to protect Anna. She's like, "No, you need to stay away from me. I, this is to protect you." I think she could talk some sense into Tekah in the same way, um, while also still I, I having an understanding of her, having an understanding of. Some elements of nature that are coming out of you that feel very much out of your control. But like I said, the escape latch here is, is the ice powers. Um, if, we, if we need to protect Moana in that moment, if things start to go south, Elsa would be able to do that as well. So I think it would be a nice balance to what Moana is already bringing to that situation while also having a lot of empathy for where Tikka is coming from.
1: I see that. I see that. But I'm also reminded of the fact that in the story, Moana really doesn't need anyone else's help in order to get the job done. If anything, she would need a reminder of why she's doing this. And so I would send in Grandma Tala just to stand there with her, remind her who she is, why she's doing what she's doing, and even for Teka to see an older woman Supporting a younger woman in their quest to help restore and lift up another woman. I think there's a beautiful story that happens with the three of them there if we wanted to actually send Grandma Tala up to Te Ka. But besides the fact, I, she's not really necessary. There really isn't anyone else who's necessary there. I think Grandma Tala wouldn't even need to say anything. I think she could just be there as a reminder to Moana that she's not alone. And that everything she needs to do this is within her. And uh, if we're doing emergency escape hatch situations, I guess she could become a giant manta ray and Mm -hmm. splash the ocean around. But I don't know if she really needs that (laughs) because (laughs) if Moana really is at all threatened by the situation, she could always ask her friend the ocean to just close up the... (laughs) a little walkway for a little bit <laughs> so she can catch her breath. So, um, no, I would want to support Moana. It's Moana's story. We don't need someone else, especially someone as powerful as Elsa, to take away from that story. We need someone who's there as a support to Moana's story. And that's Grandma Tom. No,
0: I definitely agree. I have the same. I have the same perspective that I don't think Moana needs anybody, which is why I wouldn't pick like there are well, a lot sent of empowered females. Quite the females. powerhouse,
1: quite the juggernaut in there. For sure, do you have doubts about Moana's of... ability to get this done?
0: <laughs> Not at all. There are a lot of empowered females I could have sent in who would have kind of sent the same message that Moana was sending, but Moana doesn't need. Back up in the messaging. Elsa's a stranger to Moana. We have to... When you're dealing with the elements... You have to be prepared for an emergency situation. Yes,
1: we're dealing with the And I think that if
0: Moana could have just had the the ocean just take care of it, I think in the film she probably would have just done that instead of coming literal face-to-face with death. I think she would have put some... She's smart. She would have put some safety checks in place if she could have, and she didn't do that. So I think having some ice nearby is, is a pretty smart idea.
1: No, she did have the safety checks in place. She tells the ocean... Let her come to me. She acknowledges that there is a threat. Mm-hmm. And then the ocean obeys her. She walks up to her. So if she really needed it and was like, actually, I want the safety back, she could say, ocean, close up the path a little bit. And ocean would do that. So she's got ocean with her. I think what is needed in this thing is less so let's battle the elements and more... Let's embrace the spiritual journey of this film.
0: Do you think Tekka would see Grandma Tala and like be so as pissed off as she is and just be like, "I see a weak old woman, and I'm just gonna smash the shit out of her right I now because I'm mad." don't, <laughs> <I> don't
3: <laughs> think
1: that's not in danger, <laughs>
0: Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to put Grandma Tala in danger. Oh my god, God forbid! I don't think oh. so
1: because I because you'd also like. I think one of the things that stops Tekka from From attacking Moana, is that she fundamentally realized when she reaches Moana that Moana is trying to help. And the other person who has tried to help in this journey from the beginning was Grandma Tala when she saw that the heart of Tefiti was left on the beach and she saved it and kept it secret from everyone until Moana was ready to take the journey. So I think she would see Grandma Grandma Tala is another person. She already
0: would have.
1: Well, I think she Grandma knew Tala that wasn't would have her. Per- solve this
0: problem if she could have.
1: She's not here to solve the problem. She's here to help the person who was destined to solve the problem, which is why she did not try to solve the problem on her own. She just held on to the the impetus of the journey, the heart of Tafiti, until Moana was ready to take that first step.
0: And you ready? She's not trying to I solve think problems. Tala, I think if Grandma I think if Grandma was meant to be there with Moana in that moment, she would have been. She, she had the ability to be there, and she wasn't. she basically
1: was. I, I
3: think. I think. I know yeah. what route I'm going. Um, I think the arguments are really good, and I think they're coming from very different schools of thoughts behind mm-hmm. this. And story. one is right. Um, <laughs> I think, as the originator of the question, <laughs> the answer that more closely matches what I asked was Elsa. <laughs>
2: correct. I, I agree. And I think that if Connor went first, Connor would have said Elsa. I think 100%. So too. I
1: honestly don't think I would. My mind immediately went to Grandma Tala. Interesting.
3: Immediately
1: to Grandma Tala. I'd be like, actually, it was Grandma Tala or Pua. Aww. And I was like, because what Moana needs in that situation is a friend Aww. and someone to support her. So my mind never went to, let's send in, like, a heavy. Uh,
2: interesting, because that's, that's like... That's a beautiful perspective. I, I will give you that. You really had me... With that. But I, you know, Aaron, again, being the originator of the question, and that's also how I read the question as mm. she needs help. Who are we sending in?
1: All right. I, I clearly know where you are all mine. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Two more to go. Okay.
2: Uh, you are trapped inside the game Sugar Rush, and the only way to escape is to beat Vanellope in a race. What character would you choose to help
1: design your car? Ah. Hmm. (sighs) design the car (laughs) got a couple different thoughts here i'm just trying to think i would choose anakin skywalker to help me design the car because thinking into the pod racers in phantom menace episode one he completely built that thing from scratch, was able to compete and win against people who are a lot deadlier, a lot more threatening than anything you would encounter in Sugar Rush. And in the event where the vehicle itself is becoming damaged throughout the throughout the race and becoming sabotaged. He is able to adapt and fix the problem to continue the race. And so I would have him help me design the car so that I would also be able to adapt it depending upon what the race might throw at me. Because of a she has the glitch power. So who knows what could happen? So he would be able to help me sort of anticipate situations and how to keep the car running no matter what. So Anakin Skywalker.
0: Well, I was going to say Lightning McQueen because he is a car. But, you know, it's too easy. And I I don't think he would adapt well to the world of Sugar Rush necessarily. It's not the same. So I'm going to have the genie design the car with me. So my first wish is going to be for, you know, of course, I would need time to craft my wish. So it's very specific. But I would say something to the effect of the most sturdy, um, you know, sleek. Uh, damage-resistant race car, you know, something like that. That'll be my first wish. And then as the race is going on, if damage does occur or I see an opponent, you know, getting ahead of me, I'm going to use my other wishes to upgrade the car. So I'll save two of the wishes. And as I can, you know, suss out what's happening, I'm going to upgrade the car during the race with my wishes, depending upon what what kind of advantages I see um, my opponents have. So it's again. I I want to bring in the element of magic. We're in sugar rush. I think magic in this situation is going to beat out mechanical engineering.
1: Well, that sounds like cheating to me. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> I'm just going to change my car depending upon what's happening, as opposed to using the car that you've already got. Not in unlimited to adapt ways and it. three wishes. I. I don't know.
0: I think Anakin might be a bit confused by the world of Sugar Rush. Eh? I don't know how, how no, well he see, would know. I, he
1: is someone who is quite adaptable and he is quite the quick thinker. So I do not think he would be hard-pressed to find the parallels between cars versus pod racers. Not to mention the fact that with him comes actual racing expertise. So, you know, he knows This is the type of sturdy material to use as opposed to you saying, Jeannie, I wish for you to give me a sturdy material. He'll give you a sturdy material, but it might not be the right kind of sturdy material. Anakin would know what the right. Don't
0: worry, I've got my other two wishes just in case that goes out. Yeah, and
1: then what happens if that runs out (laughs) and then your car breaks?
0: We're We're going to pass
1: you. That's what's going to (laughs) happen.
0: Also, when I think of this, I imagine where the thing that Genie does where he turns into the thing. So I want to be like racing inside the like a giant, like (laughs) Genie ass (laughs) car, too. Just the fun element of that. (laughs) All right. I I rest my my case.
1: I I think Anakin (laughs) would design a kick ass racer.
0: He definitely would.
3: He definitely would. And what are you thinking? I am going with Anakin. I'm going with Anakin as well. Woohoo! That's we right. were That's consensus. Right. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
1: okay. All right. So basically, I have to win or tie this one in order to win the game. Caroline, you have to win this one in order to win in order to okay. tie the game.
3: Okay. Okay. It is the end of the school year. This one is going out to our teacher listeners and teacher family and friends. Mm-hmm. Shout out. It's been an exceptionally hard year, spoken as a teacher. <laughs> so, you're a teacher and you need to call out sick. Who are you getting to sub for your class?
0: Ugh, of course, we already used Mary mm-hmm. Poppins. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I I'm going to send in Mufasa. So number one, we all know when kids have a substitute teacher, they go crazy. They think that they have the run of the place. So we need someone who's firm and who can scare them a little if it's necessary. But Mufasa is also not someone who just like throws that around, like throws his power around willy-nilly. And I think that's why immediately without him having to roar or anything, I think the kids would respect him. And also just be like, wow, cool, a lion. (laughs) Let's just talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> he Who knows? He could give them a, a, you know, a science lesson on living, you know, at Pride Rock. Who knows? Um, he, he knows a lot about other animals, too. I hope this is a science class. But beyond that, I think, you know what? There's not a lot of actual school. In, in a one-off day where you need to call off, it's like, I don't think there's going to be an actual, you know, curriculum lesson that's necessarily really going to get done in that day. So why not send the kids home that day with at least some life lessons, <laughs> having petted a lion, um, some perspective? And I think he he knows how to deal with with children or with young animals, <laughs> which children are. He knows how to be playful while also imparting wisdom. And so if I'm going to send the kids away with anything, it's going to be some wisdom about growing up, about ownership. And about, you know, he can look out over that classroom and say everything that the, the light touches <laughs> is yours, which is all of that knowledge, which I think is really beautiful. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's all I have
1: to say. That's a good one. That's a good one. I'm sending in Tadashi Hamada from Big Hero 6, Hero's older brother, because.
0: Two characters who have passed on, are
1: <laughs> you know. But Tadashi, he, one. He's a little bit closer to our time, so he would be a little bit more in touch with, you know, our actual students that we're encountering, what the problems are, you know, that that sort of thing. So we'd be have a little bit more of a grasp on the student, the current student population. In addition, he actually has teaching experience, where he would actually be a competent sub, so that you coming back wouldn't feel like there's a gap in teaching or a day lost. You'd actually be able to trust him to move some curriculum along. But at the same time, he'd still be able to engage with students and get them excited about learning itself. I mean, take, for example, Big Hero 6 in general. You have Hero who is applying all of his, you know, knowledge, all of his smarts to street fighting, essentially. And in one visit to the Technical Institute, he's able to... Capture his imagination and reorient him towards education. So I think Tadashi actually has a really innate ability to be a different perspective from a day in, day out teacher and be someone who can actually speak to some of the ones who feel like they aren't being spoken to by the education system or maybe don't get things Right away, or think about things in a different way, he would be able to validate them and do this all as a substitute teacher. I mean, hell, I would hire him to be a permanent teacher right then and there. Uh, not to mention the fact that he would probably show them some like freaking awesome gadgets that would be like great. And maybe he would bring in some like guest uh, speakers with him, be it Honey Lemon or like, you know, the whole crow. So I would send in Tadashi. Also, he's hot. <laughs> 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 uh-huh. And I mean, if we're going to debate or anything, I, while Mufasa is great, I do feel there's a slight irresponsibility to send in a lion into a classroom. I feel like, <laughs> if anything, you might get more paperwork to deal with on the other end of that from parents to, you know, supervisors. Yeah, but maybe things the like children that.
0: will be so so like shooketh that you'll come back and they'll be like thank goodness you're back well like I think Tadashi would end up showing them like he would do the fun show them the gadgets and then you would come back and they'd be like oh you know, Mr. Tadashi showed us this like robot. Why are we doing that today? Why are we doing math?
1: I don't see. You know? I don't think Tadashi would be like, here's a robot, and then be like, suck it, teacher. You've got to <laughs> follow that. Because that's <laughs> no, no, he that's wouldn't. Not, but I think
0: that's just how the kids would but react. See,
1: he, but see, that's how Hiro can kind of be, where he was like, but I want to do that, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, well, this is what you have to do in order to get into this school. And he inspired Hiro to, like, mm. do the legwork. Kids
0: will not take that from a substitute <laughs> teacher at all. They're like, yeah, right.
3: <laughs> if the
1: substitute teacher is as cool as Tadashi, yeah, they would. And <laughs> as hot me. as Tadashi is.
3: For the record, I think either of these characters could cover my class any day. <laughs> like, send Mufasa, send <laughs> Tadashi. Great. I think I'm l-
1: leaning... Towards... Tadashi.
3: I, I am <laughs> leaning towards Tadashi, and it's mostly for <laughs> the the kid adult relationship there. Um, that kind of makes me go like, yeah like they could use somebody Simba giving.
0: and Mufasa and the boundaries that he establishes for him But that's, oh my god yeah,
3: it's just the,
1: the end of the day that's more That's more parental that's like training you to become a king as opposed to like this is how you can be a contributing member to society shouldn't
0: all children expect that they can grow up and be whatever they want to be <laughs> a need?
1: king? I, I don't so. know Absolutely. like we're trying to get away from monarchies and democratize shit <laughs> <laughs> and do
0: you have like a thought
2: on yes honestly I would have, if we were going to tie on any question, I would like to tie on this just so that we could go to a tiebreaker question. <laughs> but I really, I was leaning towards Tadashi as well.
0: <sighs> Yay. And An excellent there choice. we have it. <laughs> An excellent game.
1: Alrighty. So that is the first game done. Thank you all Woo. for joining us. We will be back in a week with part two of the season two finale but if you liked what you heard please remember to hit follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to the podcast so all of our episodes download right to your device you don't miss out on anything and be sure to leave a five-star rating and leave a review so that you can help us reach our goal of 100 reviews on apple Podcasts before the end of the season.
0: And as I always say, please follow us on social media. We are at Poor Unfortunate Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, and we are at Unfortunate Pod on Twitter. So please, especially on Instagram, reach out and let us know how you did in this first round. And if you just need some more Poor Unfortunate Podcast in your life, we would love to have you join us in the Poor Unfortunate Fam, which is our private Facebook group. So Aaron and Anne, who just came up with those fantastic scenarios for us, are both in the fam. So you should come over there and meet them, get to know them a bit better, and talk a bit about the episode. So we'd love to see you there.
1: And the last thing I'll say is it does take us a little bit of money to keep the podcast up and running and coming to you all. We do have a PayPal account. It is in our episode description below and on all of the links in our social media accounts. Truly, anything you have to spare goes a long way for us. It all just helps us keep the podcast up and running and coming to you all, keeping it ad-free for the most part and free as well. You can make a one-time donation. You can make a recurring monthly donation. It can be $5, $10, more than that. It all just goes right back into the podcast. So anything you might have to spare, we truly appreciate it. Alrighty. Well, we will see you in a week for our Season 2 finale and... The 50th full episode of oh, Poor Unfortunate Podcast. Wow. So until then, Beluga, beluga Sevruga.